Welcome to the Encourage Her Community Podcast. I'm Joe, your co-host here at Encourage Her. Welcome to the community. We are women who choose to encourage. In a world full of critics, we need more encouragers. Let's get some encouragement today. Happy Monday. Good morning, encouragers. Welcome back to the Encourage Her Community Podcast. It's your co-host, Joe. We are continuing our series this morning on Go and Make Disciples. And as you know, if you've been listening, we've been actually kind of focusing in on one disciple each week. So far, we've gone through five of the original disciples, and we also talked about Mary Magdalene, because although she was not one of the original disciples, she certainly was a disciple um, or a follower of Jesus. So it was interesting to look at her too. Each week, I've had a different guest, and this week, you just get me. So this week, I am focusing in on John, uh, the disciple John, or Apostle John, or Beloved John, John of Patmos, he has so many different names. And John, the name itself was a super common name um, in biblical times. So it can be confusing as to who we are talking about. So I just want to clarify that I'm talking about one of the original disciples named John. And I'm going to go over some of the facts that we know about John from scripture. We know that John was brother to James and he was a fisherman. We understand that he was a Palestinian Jew and that we can um, assume that he was sitting under his father's leadership when he was fishing. We find in the Gospels when Jesus first meets John and his brother James, they are fishing with their father. So there's a family connection. Um, It's thought that maybe they had a little bit more income because it says in scripture that they had servants um, helping mend their boats. I'm going to read this part of scripture to you um, so you can know what I'm talking about. I'm in Mark 1 and I'm starting off, let's see, um, in verse 19. And going on a little farther, he saw James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, who were in their boat mending their nets. And immediately he called them and they left their father Zebedee in the boat and with the hired servants and followed him. So they left their dad in the boat and just went and followed Jesus. Such an incredible scene. Well, we can speculate a few things from those details that maybe they were a little more well off than some of the other fishermen we see in scripture and that they had a connection and a relationship with their family. Um, And we also see that John is one of the close, out of the 12 disciples, we know, as we've said, I think with James and Peter as well, that they were the three closest disciples to Jesus. So of the 12, Jesus had his trusted few, and that was made up of Peter, James, and John. And John himself is actually mentioned and appears the most out of all the disciples in scripture. He is known as the disciple who Jesus loved, which we'll get into, as well as he was given the nickname by Jesus in the gospel of Mark. We see this story of um, James and John given the nickname, the sons of thunder. In Galatians 2.9, he's referenced as, along with James and Peter, that they are the pillars of the church. 
foundational to the church. Um, John, we see at the end of Jesus's life on earth that he asks John to watch over his mother at the cross. It is thought that John died of natural causes. There's some speculation about that, but he was not um, a martyr. He did not die slain as many of the the disciples did. He was the one who died of natural causes. It is thought, and although there's a little debate, it is thought that he wrote John, John 1, John 2, John 3, as well as Revelation. He does not reference himself in the book of John, but it is thought that by many, and it's been understood for a long time in history that he is the author of those books. And if that is true, that he wrote John, John 1, John 2, John 3, and Revelation, that makes almost 5% of the Bible. And he ended, um, we believe that after the cross scene, he took Mary as well as a few other disciples and followers to Ephesus, the city of Ephesus, And he lived there until he was exiled to the Isle of Patmos, which is possibly where he gets the name John of Patmos. So this is a little bit about his life that we know, as with all the disciples, we don't know a whole, whole lot about their intimate details, but these are the facts that we know from scripture. So when we think about these facts and when we look into scripture, we can speculate on some things and we can have a little bit of fun. So John, we can assume Um, being that he is a disciple and that he is one of the closest disciples to Jesus, that he was a loyal and dependable person. Jesus relied upon him. Um, We see in different parts of scripture, he's asked to do things like at the Passover meal, he was asked to prepare the meal. Um, Clearly, Jesus trusted him with his mother, with his very own mother. So very loyal, very dependable. Um, And I like to add, you know, again, speculating that although he was fiery um, in, as we said, in Mark 317, we see a scene where his brother and him, John and his brother get like fired up and they say, should we bring down the fires, you know, from heavens against them? And Jesus kind of, you know, reprimands them in a loving way and just says like, whoa, you know, you are the sons of thunder. Take a breath, basically. Um, We're not going to be doing that. And what that shows me is that, yes, fiery is one descriptor word, but you could also maybe say passionate, um, you know, able to be energized. Um, And again, it's kind of connected for me to the loyalty. Like he was so loyal to Jesus, he was willing to go to great lengths for him. So there's that passion. And I think that whenever I've known people that are fiery and passionate people, they're often quite emotional as well. You know, it's like an interesting personality and they're kind of like a match and then they go out, you know, but the match, there's a lot of passion and emotion involved in like the fieriness of this type of personality. So I speculate that maybe he was actually quite emotional and and sort of tender on the inside. Um, And I mean, he trusted him with Mary. So I would assume he's pretty loving as well. So it's kind of fun to think about him. Um, And then in multiple places in scripture, in the book of John specifically, it references the one who Jesus loved. And again, like I said, we don't exactly know who wrote the book of John, but it is speculated that it's John himself referring to himself. And we see it in other parts of scripture as well. But I'm going to read you from John 13. 
and I'm at verse 23. Let's see here. Verse 23. One of his disciples whom Jesus loved was reclining at the table at Jesus's side. So Simon Peter mentioned to him to ask Jesus of whom he speaks. So this is at the Last Supper where Jesus is referencing that someone will betray him. Simon Peter says to the one who Jesus loved, we're assuming is John, um, to ask Jesus about it. So that disciple, leaning back against Jesus, said to him, Lord, who is it? And Jesus answers, it is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. And we know he goes on to give that to Judas. But I love this little part of this, leaning back against Jesus. I just love that. I picture that intimacy, that closeness of feeling so close and intimate with Jesus that you're leaning on him. Feet back on the table, leaning against, um, you know, your God and your brother and your friend. So there's something really sweet about that moment. And yet the disciples obviously recognized that he should be the one to ask Jesus that question. So Simon, Peter, who was also close with Jesus, directs John to ask the question. So there's, again, even though there's three that are closer, it's almost as if like, is John the front runner in the way of relationship here that is so close with Jesus that he could take the responsibility of asking that question that question and that he could take the responsibility of watching Jesus's mother at the cross. There's something really, really special um, with John. And um, we see here also that when he goes to Ephesus, his mother follows, as we said. So we would assume that there was a closeness there as well, that she trusted John, that she knew John. Um, well enough to go and actually live with him. And, you know, John loved her like a mother. So really, really beautiful speculation we can do here about John's character. Um, and just kind of a phenomenal disciple was, was in so many moments with the Lord. And we know that scripture is intentional and he was included in a lot of those moments like Gethsemane when he was betrayed, the last supper, he was at the cross. He was at so many of these pivotal parts of scripture and Jesus wanted him to be there. He was chosen to be there. Um, and so when I think about John and then I think about myself, I just kind of, I guess I get like, wow, I would have loved, I, I hope that I too, I know Jesus loves me. Um, I know I'm chosen by him. I know that I'm called to the same call as those disciples, but to think about like that leaning in on Jesus, I desire that. I desire that intimacy and relationship with him that I can't have in my humanness the way that John could. I can't sit at a table with Jesus and lean on his shoulder. I imagine what that would feel like, but I can't do that. So I just sort of like almost envy, if you will, like that relationship and yearn for that. Um, and so that just translates for me, like, how can I do that? And clearly more time with him. Um, I like the leaning in on him. Like, how am I depending on him? I like to look to John in that he always said, yes, yes, I'll prepare Passover. Yes. I'll ask the hard question to Jesus. Yes. I'll care for his mother for the rest of my life. Like, what are my yeses? And am I as willing 
as John to say yes to little things and big things in my life for the Lord. So those are some just kind of takeaways that I got from just spending my time thinking about John. Like, wow, what an incredible, dependable disciple and willing to go to great lengths for God, willing to put aside his own life and follow the Lord and then continue on the work after he left, after the cross, he continued on in ministry until the day he died. It's understood that he did that. So that's amazing to me. So I just, you know, again, loved my time um, studying John. I encourage you to get into your scripture, learn a little bit about John, and then think through that. What does it look like in your life to be a disciple? How is God using you? And how is he using you to create other disciples? I hope this podcast encouraged you today. I hope that it encourages you to want to get into scripture yourself. Um, The word of God is active and alive, and it can speak to you in where you are today. He wants to. So open up that book, get into those pages of truth and see what he has for you today. And then get out into the world and choose to be a woman who encourages. Who in your world needs encouragement? Start by filling your own cup and then get out into the world and encourage her. Thanks for joining me today. I'll be back next week with another disciple and hopefully another guest. See you then. Ladies, I am so honored that you chose to spend some time with me this morning. I hope and pray that the word of God encouraged you and that you feel inspired to now get out into the world and be a woman who chooses to encourage. Remember, Encourage Her is a God-given, purpose-driven ministry. This podcast is for the taking. It's free for the sharing. Please share it with her. Also, remember to subscribe, like, and follow us on Instagram at Encourage Her Wellness for your daily quick encouragements throughout the week. From now till then, stay encouraged and choose to encourage her. I'll see you next Monday. Love to you all.